0: Le'olam va'ed. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. In Matthew 4.4, Yeshua said these words, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Checking in the word of God every day is life to our spirit and health to our bones. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there will be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God. As it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12, Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation. Today we continue the Torah portion reading for Sheet. Genesis 4 19 to 5 24. Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada, and the second was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, who was the first of those who raise livestock and live in tents. His brother's name was Jubal, the first of all who play the harp and flute. Lamech's other wife, Zillah, gave birth to a son named Tubal-Cain. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Tupel Cain had a sister named Naima. One day Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. If someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished seventy-seven times." Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. THE DESCENDANTS OF ADAM this is the written account of the descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them to be like himself. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them human. When Adam was 130 years old, he became the father of a son who was just like him, in his very image. He named his son Seth. After the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. When Seth was 105 years old, he became the father of Enosh. After the birth of Enosh, Seth lived another 807 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Seth lived 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh was 90 years old, he became the father of Kenan. After the birth of Kenan, Enosh lived another 815 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enosh lived 905 years, and then he died. When Kenan was 70 years old, he became the father of Mahalalel. After the birth of Mahalalel, Kenan lived another 840 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Kenan lived 910 years, and then he died. When Mahalalel was 65 years old, he became the father of Jared. After the birth of Jared, Mahalalel lived another 830 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Mahalalel lived 895 years, and then he died. When Jared was 162 years old, he became the father of Enoch, After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived... 365 years walking in close fellowship with God Then one day he disappeared because God took him Jeremiah 48.1-49.22 A message about Moab This message was given concerning Moab This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says what sorrow awaits the city of nebo it will soon lie in ruins the city of kiriatham will be humiliated and captured the fortress will be humiliated and broken down no one will ever brag about moab again for in heshbon there is a plot to destroy her come they say we will cut her off from being a nation the town of madmen too will be silenced the sword will follow you there Listen to the cries from Horenaim. Cries of devastation and great destruction. All Moab is destroyed. Her little ones will cry out. Her refugees weep bitterly, climbing the slope to Luhith. They cry out in terror, descending the slope to Horenaim. Flee for your lives. Hide in the wilderness. Because you have trusted in your wealth and skill, you will be taken captive. Your God, Chemish, with his priests and officials will be hauled off to distant lands all the towns will be destroyed and no one will escape either on the plateaus or in the valleys for the Lord has spoken oh that Moab had wings so she could fly away for her towns will be left empty with no one living in them cursed are those who refuse to do the Lord's work who hold back their swords from shedding blood From his earliest history, Moab has lived in peace, never going into exile. He is like wine that has been allowed to settle. He has not been poured from flask to flask, and he is now fragrant and smooth. But the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will send men to pour him from his jar. They will pour him out and then shatter the jar. At last Moab will be ashamed of his idol, Chemish, as the people of Israel were ashamed of their golden calf at Bethel. You used to boast, we are heroes, mighty men of war. But now Moab and his towns will be destroyed. His most promising youth are doomed to slaughter, says the king, whose name is the Lord of Heaven's armies. Destruction is coming fast for Moab. Calamity threatens ominously. Your friends of Moab weep for him and cry. See how the strong scepter is broken, how the beautiful staff is shattered. Come down from your glory and sit in the dust, you people of Debon. For those who destroy Moab will shatter Debon too. They will tear down all your towers. You people of Eror. Stand beside the road and watch. Shout to those who flee from Moab. What has happened there? And the reply comes back. Moab lies in ruins, disgraced. Weep and wail. Tell it by the banks of the Arnon River. Moab has been destroyed. Judgment has been poured out on the towns of the plateau, on Holon and Jahaz and Mepath. On Debon and Nebo and Beth Deblaeth On Kiriathim and Beth Gamel and Beth Meon, On Kiriath and Basra All the towns of Moab far and near The strength of Moab has ended His arm has been broken Says the Lord Let him stagger and fall like a drunkard For he has rebelled against the Lord Moab will wallow in his own vomit Ridiculed by all Did you not ridicule the people of Israel? Were they caught in the company of thieves, that you should despise them as you do? You people of Moab, flee from your towns and live in the caves. Hide like doves that nest in the clefts of the rocks. We have all heard of the pride of Moab, for his pride is very great. We know of his lofty pride, his arrogance, and his haughty heart. I know about his insolence, says the Lord. But his boasts are empty, as empty as his deeds. So now I wail for Moab. Yes, I mourn for Moab. My heart is broken for the men of Kir Haraseth. You people of Sibma, rich in vineyards, I will weep for you even more than I did for Jazer. Your spreading vines once reached as far as the Dead Sea, but the destroyer has stripped you bare. He has harvested your grapes and summer fruits. Joy and gladness are gone from fruitful Moab. The presses yield no wine. No one treads the grapes with shouts of joy. There is shouting, yes, but not of joy. Instead, their awful cries of terror can be heard from Heshbon clear across to Elielah and Jahaz, from Zoar all the way to Horoneum and Eglath-Sheleshiah, even the waters of Niram are dried up now. I will put an end to Moab, says the Lord, for the people offer sacrifices at the pagan shrines and burn incense to their false gods. My heart moans like a flute for Moab and Kir Hariseth, for all their wealth has disappeared. The people shave their heads and beards in mourning. They slash their hands and put on clothes made of burlap. There is crying and sorrow in every Moabite home and on every street. For I have smashed Moab like an old, unwanted jar. How it is shattered! Hear the wailing! See the shame of Moab! It has become an object of ridicule, an example of ruin to all its neighbors. This is what the Lord says. Look! The enemy swoops down like an eagle spreading his wings over Moab. Its cities will fall, and its strongholds will be seized. Even the mightiest warriors will be in anguish like a woman in labor. Moab will no longer be a nation, for it has boasted against the Lord. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, O Moab, says the Lord. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and those who escape the trap will step into a snare. I will see to it that you do not get away for the time of your judgment has come, says the Lord. The people flee as far as Heshbon but are unable to go on, for a fire comes from Heshbon, King Sihon's ancient home to devour the entire land with all its rebellious people. O Moab, they weep for you. The people of the god Chemish are destroyed. Your sons and your daughters have been taken away as captives, but I will restore the fortunes of Moab in days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the end of Jeremiah's prophecy concerning Moab. A Message About Ammon This message was given concerning the Ammonites. This is what the Lord says. Are there no descendants of Israel to inherit the land of Gad? Why are you, who worship Molech, living in its towns? In the days to come, says the Lord, I will sound the battle cry against your city of Rabbah. It will become a desolate heap of ruins, and the neighboring towns will be burned. Then Israel will take back the land you took from her, says the Lord. Cry out, O Hezbon, for the town of Ai is destroyed. Weep! O people of Rabba, put on your clothes of mourning. Weep and wail, hiding in the hedges. For your god Molech, with his priests and officials, will be hauled off to distant lands. You are proud of your fertile valleys, but they will soon be ruined. You trusted in your wealth, you rebellious daughter, and thought no one could ever harm you. But look, I will bring terror upon you, says the Lord, the Lord of Heaven's armies. Your neighbors will chase you from your land, and no one will help your exiles as they flee. But I will restore the fortunes of the Ammonites in days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. Messages about Edom This message was given concerning Edom. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Is there no wisdom in Teman? Is no one left to give wise counsel? Turn and flee. Hide in deep caves, you people of Dedan. For when I bring disaster on Edom, I will punish you too. Those who harvest grapes always leave a few for the poor. If these came at night, they would not take everything. But I will strip bare the land of Edom, and there will be no place left to hide. Its children, its brothers, and its neighbors will all be destroyed." But I will strip bare the land of Edom, and there will be no place left to hide. Its children, its brothers, and its neighbors will all be destroyed, and Edom itself will be no more. But I will protect the orphans who remain among you. Your widows, too, can depend on me for help. And this is what the Lord says, If the innocent must suffer, how much more must you? You will not go unpunished. You must drink this cup. Of judgment, For I have sworn by my own name, says the Lord, that Basra will become an object of horror and a heap of ruins. It will be mocked and cursed. All its towns and villages will be desolate forever. I have heard a message from the Lord that an ambassador was sent to the nations to say, Form a coalition against Edom and prepare for battle. The Lord says to Edom, I will cut you down to size among the nations. You will be despised by all. You have been deceived by the fear you inspire in others and by your own pride. You live in a rock fortress and control the mountain heights. And even if you make your nest among the peaks with the eagles, I will bring you crashing down, says the Lord. Edom will be an object of horror. All who pass by will be appalled and will gasp at the destruction they see there. It will be like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, says the Lord. No one will live there. No one will inhabit it. I will come like a lion from the thickets of the Jordan, leaping on the sheep in the pasture. I will chase Edom from its land, and I will appoint the leader of my choice, For who is like me and who can challenge me? What ruler can oppose my will? Listen to the Lord's plans against Edom and the people of Teman. Even the little children will be dragged off like sheep, and their homes will be destroyed. The earth will shake with the noise of Edom's fall, and its cry of despair will be heard all the way to the Red Sea. Look! The enemy swoops down like an eagle, spreading his wings over Basra. Even the mightiest warriors will be in anguish like a woman in labor. 2 Timothy 4, 1-22 I, Paul, solemnly urge you, Timothy, in the presence of God and Jesus Christ who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing." Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books, and especially my papers. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack, and will bring me safely into his kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, and those living in the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed at Corinth, and I left at Trophimus, sick at Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Eubulus sends you greetings, and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. May the Lord be with your spirit, and may his grace be with all of you psalm ninety five one to ninety six thirteen come. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land, too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people He watches over the flock under His care. If only you would listen to His voice today. The Lord says, Don't harden your hearts as Israel did at Meribah, as they did at Massah in the wilderness. For there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw everything I did. For forty years I was angry with them, and I said, They are a people whose hearts turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Each day proclaim the good news that He saves. Publish His glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things He does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround Him. Strength and beauty fill His sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring your offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before Him. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest wrestle with praise before the Lord, for He is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with His truth. Proverbs 26, 9 to 12 A proverb in the mouth of a fool is like a thorny branch brandished by a drunk. An employer who hires a fool or a bystander is like an archer who shoots at random. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. There is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. I'd like to speak to you from Jeremiah chapter 49. And in that chapter particularly, let's take a look at verse 16 and verse 18, where it is written, You have been deceived by the fear you inspire in others and by your own pride. You live in a rock fortress and control the mountain heights. But even if you make your nest among the peaks with the eagles, I will bring you crashing down, says the Lord. Now this whole chapter is a prophecy against Edom. And to give you a little more background and context, Edom is associated with Esau. Esau, when he departed from Jacob, his brother, after they reunited and met up again and Esau had it in his heart to kill his brother, he came with 400 armed men with swords drawn. And it appears on the surface that they they kissed and made up, but really, when you look at it closely, when Esau gave a kiss to eat, uh, to Jacob, there are little tiny dots above the Hebrew letters, and the rabbis teach that those dots are teeth marks. It was a kiss of betrayal. It was in still in Je- um, Esau's heart to kill his brother, so after they departed from each other. Esau went to go live at Mount Seir, which is over in Edom, modern day Jordan. And he lived amongst the mountaintops, Mount Seir and the mountain heights. And that's where he went and it was always in his heart, in him and in his descendants, to kill Jacob, to murder him. So this verse is talking about how you live in a rock fortress, you control the mountain heights, but I will bring you crashing down, says the Lord. Verse 18, it will be like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, says the Lord. No one will live there and no one will inhabit it. Now, even though this is a prophecy about Edom, this is also a prophecy about the end of days, because really this is all about the Conflict that goes on and continues on from generation to generation between Jacob and Esau the spirit and the descendants of Jacob and the spirit and the descendants of Esau will be in conflict with each other from generation to generation and that final conflict between them is what will be happening as we begin what's known as the great tribulation or the time known as Jacob's trouble so this is basically saying that Edom is going to be destroyed, and it will be similar to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, how were Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed? With fire and brimstone. God Himself destroyed these two cities. And if you've ever been to Israel, um, near the Masada area, area of Masada, the the plains the desert plains that are south of Jerusalem and near the Dead Sea you can actually go and see um, the ruins of Sodom and Gomorrah there's actually pieces of sulfur lying on the ground that you can still light them with a match and so the sulfur that came down from heaven that, that the sign of that is still evidence of this destruction that God did so long ago now I want to cross-reference this verse from Jeremiah 49 verse 18 to a couple of other verses. And one of them is Isaiah chapter 13 verse 19. And in this whole chapter of Isaiah 13, the whole chapter is a prophecy about God and how He's going to judge Babylon and take down the end of days Babylon nation. And so in verse 19, It says, And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees' excellency, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. So, Sodom and Gomorrah has never, ever, ever been rebuilt. It was utterly, totally, thoroughly, completely destroyed and never rebuilt again. And, in Jeremiah chapter 50, which we're going to be reading tomorrow, verse 40, Jeremiah, well, before I read the verse, Jeremiah 50 and 51, which we're going to be reading tomorrow, is all about God's judgment against the end of days daughter of Babylon nation, spiritual Babylon, which I believe is the United States of America. So there is a judgment coming. God is going to totally take down the Babylon system, which is utterly wicked and evil. The Babylon system is what is behind and what energizes the what we see manifested in our culture of, of the murder and the slaughter of unborn babies, the transgender movement, the homosexual marriage movement, all of this, the corruption and graft that goes on in Washington, D.C., where the Democrats are trying to uh, basically do a political coup d'etat to unseat a duly elected president. The Babylon system is absolutely utterly evil at its core. And it includes the money masters, the people who pull the puppet strings, uh, the people behind the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve is not a federal bank. It's a private consortium of very selfish, evil, greedy banksters that run our economy based on debt of printing up dollar Federal Reserve loan notes. They're not just cash, it's notes. And then they loan it out at interest for their own personal gain and profit. It is utterly evil. And so God is absolutely just and right uh, to take down the Babylon system. Trump went into office saying, I'm going to drain the swamp. And this was a valiant effort on his part. It has been a valiant effort. But the... The growth of the Babylon system, the tentacles of this ginormous octopus, it goes into our, it's gone into our intelligence system, including the CIA and the FBI and Homeland Security. It's gotten into our media and take, and it's got a huge stranglehold on the media, basically taking over CNN and many of the other liberal channels. And it, it, its tentacles are in the State Department, in the governmental system it's everywhere it's in our banking system and so you know we can try with our feeble human efforts to try and take it down but ultimately only God himself can take down and overthrow and and destroy the Babylon system it's gotten too big and we are too far gone so having said all that Jeremiah chapter 50 verse 40 as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah And it's the neighbor cities thereof, says the Lord. So shall no man abide there, neither shall any son of man dwell therein. So there's a judgment coming against Babylon. And I would venture to say Edom is wrapped up in Babylon. Edom, the place, the location of Edom is ancient. Ancient Edom is modern day Jordan, But it's not just a location. It's a mindset. It's a spirit. It's those people who would ally themselves with Esau. Those people who would say, we want to take the land of Israel back. Jacob stole our inheritance. We want a Palestinian state. We hate the God of Israel. We hate the Jewish people. We hate Israel. That mindset, that's the the core and the heart of Edom and the core and the heart of Esau, and the core and the heart of Babylon. They're all related to each other. So God is going to judge it and take it down um, in his time. And now let's take a look at our reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. A time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Beloved, the way to protect yourself in the time of deception when a strong, deluding spirit will be loosed and released upon this earth is to be a lover of truth. If you love truth and you seek after truth with all of your heart, that is your covering, that is your protection. Yeshua is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the truth. And the Torah is the truth. And when I say Torah, I'm saying, what I mean by that word is Genesis to Revelation. Not just the first five books. Not just the Hebrew scriptures. The whole Bible, all of it. That if you love the Torah, you love Yeshua, you seek after Torah, you seek after Yeshua. This is your covering and your protection. But many in the mainstream evangelical church world are being deceived. How is that so? There are still many churches today out there that basically are practicing and embracing replacement theology. What is replacement theology? Basically, you camp out in the New Testament only. You say the Old Testament has been done away with, it's old and it's been replaced with the new. And so you just basically camp out in the New Testament, you run a lot on emotion and feeling and feel good services, feel good worship services, and there's very little truth, very little word in scripture. And um, all of the covenants and promises that were given to the Jewish people, to Israel, um, have been done away with, and now all those covenants and promises, uh, are now transferred over to the church. That, in a nutshell, is replacement theology. And beloved, that is an absolute lie from the pit of hell. All of the Bible is true, every word of it, from Genesis to Revelation, and we are to walk in all of it. We are to, if we love Yeshua, we will obey His commands not out of our own efforts and flesh, but by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So we must be lovers of truth to be protected from the deceptions and lies. And so those who would say, who would teach from pulpits, you don't have to follow the Ten Commandments anymore. They're done away with. Just, just love Jesus and love each other. That's enough. That's absolutely not true. Yeshua himself kept the Torah. He followed the feasts. He kept the Shabbat. um, He kept the commandments. And, you know, it says in the last days in Malachi um, that we're to remember Moses. We're to remember Moses and the covenant that God made at Mount Sinai through Moses. That was a ketubah. It was a marriage covenant following the Torah is stepping into a marriage covenant. So, Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it is a plumb line. We thank You for Your Spirit, that by Your Spirit we can follow Your Word. And by Your Spirit, You give us a deep love for Your Word and a desire to follow it and keep it. We thank You for Your Son, Yeshua, whose name means salvation. Who rescues us and redeems us out of our pit, out of our slime, out of our muck. Who washes us and cleanses us, and delivers us and sets us free. We thank you so much for your word and for your spirit. We bless you in Yeshua's name. Amen. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26